Hi, I'm Daniel Foley from the Abundant Life Training Center, and welcome to our daily communion meditation, where today we're talking about satisfaction. Lately, I just feel like just this word satisfaction kind of keeps jumping out to me in some Bible verses, just in some other areas. I feel like God's got something he's trying to teach us. He's got trying to get across to us about this idea of satisfaction. So just last night, I was reading in Isaiah 53. I was just meditating on some verses in Isaiah 53. And it talks about with Jesus, after he had suffered, he would see the light of life and he would be satisfied. That after he has suffered, he would see the light of life and he would be satisfied. And really, I think the point we're going to get at today is that in him is where our satisfaction comes from. When we take our position in the light, we start magnifying him. Our satisfaction is found in him. Our satisfaction in life is found in walking out his plans and purposes for our life. We can rest in him satisfied. Often we go searching in life for all these different things. We're looking for that satisfaction. We go looking for it oftentimes in other things, in other sources. But it's not found there. It's found in him. It's found in Christ. And so we're going to be asking God today for wisdom and understanding and revelation of this, how our satisfaction is found in him. And we're going to be asking for his help to, to walk in that satisfaction that's found in him. But why are we even taking communion every day? About 10 years ago, I had pretty much no spiritual life whatsoever. I was doing life on my own without God, doing things my own way. But unfortunately, life wasn't going the way that I wanted it to go. At the time, I was running my personal training business. And the business started out great, but then I got into some tough months. Some months for my business, losing thousands of dollars in a month. I just had the weight and stress and pressure of the business on me. And I remember going for a walk with my wife and telling her over and over, there's got to be a better way to live. And it wasn't for a lack of seeking or searching because I've been traveling all over the country, studying with some of the best health and fitness experts, reading books, taking courses, going to seminars, and not just health and fitness, other areas like purpose and business and leadership and finance, relationships. But unfortunately, I wasn't finding that satisfaction. I wasn't finding what I was looking for. And I think because I was looking in the wrong place, because our satisfaction is found in him. And shortly after that, I came across this challenge to start reading one chapter from the book of Proverbs every day. Proverbs has 31 chapters. So on day one of the month, you read Proverbs chapter one. Day two of the month, you read Proverbs chapter two. And then you keep going like that until the end of the month, and you start back over again. Well, I've been doing this for a little while. And then one day, Proverbs 13, 22, just seemed to jump off the page at me. It says, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. And that verse got me thinking, what's the most valuable thing that we could pass on to future generations? Well, wisdom, or Proverbs tells us that wisdom and understanding and knowledge, those are the principal things. And so I made a commitment that day. I want to pass on manuals and lessons and teaching for all the different areas of life. But really, when I got started, I had no clue where to start. So I began to seek after God, began to totally immerse myself in the things of God. He began to show up, began to teach me, began to train me, taught me this whole new way of living, a different way to operate my life. But we make him the source. We make him the center of everything. And we do life together with him in partnership with him. Now, it wasn't always easy all the time. So this meant I had to unlearn a lot of my old ways. All those ways of trying to do everything on my own without God. 
insisting on my own way. You know, I had to learn to operate my life in a different way. At times, I found myself in some impossible looking situations, only to see God just come through over and over again as my faith and my trust in him began to grow more and more. And over the course of about 10 years, I just began to record my journey, began to document the things that he was teaching me and taking me through. And it turned into the series of books and courses and now partners that we have called the Abundant Life Blueprint. But out of everything we do in the Abundant Life Blueprint, I do believe daily communion is the most important thing. Daily communion is what I call the number one table turner for all of life. It has the ability to create a turning point in our life and change the trajectory of our lives going forward. Jesus says, as often as you do this, remember me. There's something so powerful about remembering and not forgetting, especially when we're going through issues in our life. Communion helps us to abide in him so that our lives produce much fruit. The Apostle Paul says every time we take communion, we're proclaiming the death of Jesus, which in the case of a will or an inheritance, nothing happens until you prove the death. So in a way, communion is like an activation of all these benefits that are found in the new covenant, all these benefits that are found in Christ. But it's also important we take it the right way. Every time we take communion, you take it with the fear of the Lord, with deep awe and honor and reverence for the sacrifice of Jesus, all that he suffered for us. But I also think it's important to remember all that his sacrifice means for us, about how he connects us back to God, gives us this new covenant, this personal relationship with God. So the process we typically use, we start with about a two-minute long prayer that's mostly scripture, coming from Ephesians chapter 1 and the prayer of Jabez found in First Chronicles chapter 4. And then we take a few minutes to examine ourselves. Because the Apostle Paul says some people are weak and sick, and they die early because they don't examine themselves before taking communion. And if communion has the power to do that in the negative, I believe it has the power to make us healthy and strong and give us long life if we take it the right way. And then after our time of communion, we're talking about some practical health and fitness tips. Because I truly believe all the principles of health and fitness are meant to teach us how to exercise our faith. So let's get started with our prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray for all those who are watching or listening, their families, all those connected to them, and all of our church and governmental leaders. Thank you for releasing us from darkness and transferring us into the light into the kingdom of your dear son. I thank you for your purpose and grace given to us in Christ Jesus before time ever began. And I thank you that Jesus was smitten for us so that you could fight for us. I keep asking that you, the father of glory, would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we would know you better. That the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened to know the hope to which you've called us and the riches of your glorious inheritance that is in us, and the immeasurable greatness of your power to us who believe, the same power that you exercised in Christ when you raised him from the dead and seated him at your right hand in heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And you put all things under his feet and made him to be the head of the body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And Father, I ask you to bless us, to make your face shine upon us and let us find grace and favor in your eyes. Expand our borders and our territory. 
expand our capacity to receive your purpose and grace, your love and your goodness, and to let it flow through us so that we do good and are a blessing to people all over the world. Send us opportunities to do good and be a blessing today and help us be sensitive to those opportunities. Keep your hand on us and help us do today what's right and best in your eyes and do it with peace and joy and confidence in you. And we ask you to stretch out your hand to heal and do signs and wonders and keep us from evil and pain. Through the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. All right, we're going to go through the other half of prayer. This is our time to examine ourselves. Are we making today a masterpiece? And how are we going to do that? We're going to get connected to the master. We're going to bring our relationship with God down into today to impact every area of today. And masters of anything are simply masters of the fundamentals. That's where we talk about executing these four fundamentals and bringing some fun and some presence into them today. But before we go through our fundamentals, let's remember God's got a process. When he took the people from Egypt to the promised land, there were steps and stages along their journey. It didn't just happen in one day. And in a similar way for us to step into this inheritance and the promises that God has for us in Christ. I believe there's steps and stages along the way. It doesn't happen just one day. And how do we make it happen? I think it very simply starts with believing God's got something better for our life. Better than we could ever ask or think or dream or imagine. And it's being willing to move forward with his plan. He says if we love him, we'll obey his commandments. We'll be willing to move forward with him rather than going back to the way things used to be. And then we've got to learn to put off our old ways and to embrace this new way of living. This new way to operate our life, doing things God's way. And just trusting in him, resting and trusting in him and allowing his beautiful plan to unfold in his perfect timing. So how are we going to go through that? I think we go back to our fundamentals. Our first one. Let's get positioned in the light today. Every day we've got to keep repositioning ourselves back into the light. This is the on-off switch. Either we're in the light or we're in the darkness. There's no in-between. And I think it starts with humility because it's the humble who are given grace. It's the humble who are exalted and promoted. Jesus says, if you want to become great in the kingdom of heaven, you got to humble yourself like this little child. Just simple childlike faith and humility and belief in him. And we're going to receive this forgiveness from God. We're going to forgive ourselves in the middle. We're going to walk in grace and forgiveness with other people. And to walk in the light is to walk in love. We're going to take our position in love today. Kind and patient and gentle. Always assuming the best keeping no record of wrong, delighting in the truth, always hoping, always trusting, always persevering, because love never fails. And we're going to take our position in gratitude and praise today, one of the greatest expressions of faith. And it's one of the easiest ways to maintain our positioning all day long. And being in position is a big deal, because it puts us in position to be able to receive everything that God has for us. Imagine a quarterback and a receiver. The quarterback throws the pass, but the receiver turns and runs the wrong way. He's out of position to receive. When we step into the light, we're stepping into Christ. And God has taken everything that he has and he put it all in him, including satisfaction. And we get this amazing opportunity that we get access to all those good things today. To his spirit and power and presence, his love and peace and joy. His mind and wisdom, fellowship with God, fellowship with people, 
purpose and grace, health and energy, time, finances, resources. It's all available to be received in him. But then we got to learn how to get it flowing through us out into the world where we see the fruit or the result of it in our life. So our first step is to get in position. Our second step, I believe, our second fundamental is to magnify the light. We're going to turn up the brightness of this light within us. And it's going to expand the capacity where God can flow more of all these good things through us. It's also going to get this new covenant rooted and established in our heart. We'll become more fixed and consistent in it. And to magnify the light, we've talked about the example of two baskets on a balancing scale. On one side of the scale, we've got a basket full of the issues and problems and testings that we face in life. On the other side, we've got a basket full of our praises to God, praising him for who he is, praising him for all that he's done. And to magnify the light, which basket are we going to fill up? Which basket are we going to fill up with our focus, our attention, our thoughts, our words, our meditation? Which basket are we going to fill up? To magnify the light, we can magnify that basket of praise, praising God for his word and his promises, his unfailing love and faithfulness, his mighty works that nothing's impossible with him. We can magnify every good thing he's done for us in Christ and just stay focused on all that's going well. Looking back at all that he's already done, because what he started, he's going to finish. He's going to see it through to completion. Now, this is not denying that there's issues or problems. It's simply to choose to put our focus on that other basket. To focus on God, to stay consistently praising him, even in the face of problems. Because we trust that he can solve those problems a whole lot better than we can. But he does give us a choice. We could choose not to do any of this. We could stay stuck in pride and rebellion, insisting on our own way, bitterness, unforgiveness. Filling up that other basket by venting and complaining and pouting, toiling away on our mind, trying to figure everything out rather than resting and trusting in him. And that's where we need to learn to recognize the symptoms. Because when we're out of position or magnifying the wrong things, it's going to produce some symptoms in our life. First of all, we might feel like God's retaliating at us or withholding good things from us or not talking to us. And then that will carry through us where we tend to retaliate at people. We withhold good things from them that we know to do. We avoid people that give them the silent treatment, isolate ourselves. On the inside, you'll feel this heaviness and weight and pressure like it's all sitting on you. You might have feelings of hopelessness or helplessness, like you're trapped or you're stuck. And it seems like there's no way out. And all that weight and pressure on the inside just drains all the energy right out of you. Emotionally, there's the fear and stress and worry. We're dreading things in the future, envisioning all these worst case scenarios, flashbacks of the past, reliving bad things. And unfortunately, this can become a habit. This can become a vicious cycle that seems to keep repeating over and over again. But when we take our position in the light, there's rest in our soul. There's fullness and completion in him. There's satisfaction in him. We have fellowship with God, fellowship with people. And when we rest, God goes to work. And now all those good things that he put within us, that he put in Christ, they all begin to flow. And now everything is free and easy and effortless and energizing. And the peace and the joy and the love and the power and all those good things just begin to flow. And now all of a sudden, we've got hope in any and every situation because we've got God with us. And if all this weren't enough, 
God gives us this amazing gift of grace that if we ever get off track, it just takes a moment to turn it back, turn it right back around, get back into the light again. And this amazing gift, we could be totally off track, way off track, and turn it right back around. How do we do it? I think it starts with getting more present, getting more aware of the symptoms. And then when we recognize it, we humble ourselves. Father, forgive me. I've missed it. I'm off track right now. We receive that forgiveness from him. We forgive ourselves in the middle. If we need to reconcile with somebody else or forgive, we take those steps. And then we start praising and thanking him for his grace and his goodness and his love. And I like to start praying this very simple prayer. Father, thank you that what you put within me is more than enough to handle whatever's coming at me today in a beautiful, graceful way. Help me to tap into it and see it flowing in my life at a greater level. You go through that simple process, that weight just lifts off you. Everything begins to flow again. It's a beautiful thing. And then our third fundamental, we're going to stay tuned in today. Every day God's trying to teach us and train us, but we've got to stay tuned into him. And my favorite way to do this is with a journal before bed. And at the very top of my journal, I like to start with what we call some filters. And these filters are just short phrases that I keep rewriting every day as a way to help me stay in rhythm with God. In the Old Testament, God's temple had a rhythm. Things that were supposed to be done every year, every month, every week, every day, and on his yearly cycle of feasts. Well, our bodies are God's temple now. And getting into rhythm with him, is, I think, is one of the biggest keys to staying in tune. So what I like to start with at the very top, I write the big picture vision. Where do I feel like God's taken me in my life? For me personally, that's abundant life training centers all over the world, making the body of Christ healthy and beautiful. And so I write that at the top of my journal, at the very top every night, as a way to keep reinforcing it, keeping it top of mind. And then I bring it down to the yearly level. And I look back, what do I feel like was the vision and direction God gave me for this year? What was the word he gave me for this year? And I feel like he told me this year, 2022, the year of the beautiful land. And so I write that underneath the big picture vision. Then I bring it down to the monthly level. What's the monthly filter that I use? I usually base it on the monthly message that we put out for the month. This month in the month of July of 2022, it's confidence through praise. Through praising God consistently, we grow in our confidence. We become confident in our faith, which is really important. And then I bring it down to a weekly level. Where are we in the year, on God's yearly cycle? Where are we as we go around this cycle of a year? Different reminders for different seasons of the year. And I feel like this time of year, the reminder in July is embrace challenges. When challenges come our way, let's be people that run toward them rather than away from them. Because we've got God with us and his grace is sufficient. So I use these filters as a way to stay in rhythm with God. Give me little reminders to keep me moving towards the vision. And then I like to start my journal with gratitude and praise to stay in position. And then I like to magnify. What went well today? What are all the ways I saw God showing up today? Because the more we look for them, the more of them we're going to see. And then I like to ask this question. God, what were you trying to show me today? And get still and listen, reflect back over the day. Whatever comes into my mind, just begin to write those things down. And then we've got to stay tuned in to him throughout the day. If you ever feel like you're losing that connection and rhythm with him, just take a couple minutes and slow down. Get aware of his presence. Think of it like plugging in a phone. You're going to get powered up in him again. And then the final thing I like to do in my journal, 
I like to bring it all down into today. And I like to plan out the upcoming day with God. What do I know to do today? Because I learned sometimes I was getting out ahead of God. I was toiling away in my mind, trying to figure things out, trying to force things to happen ahead of schedule. On the other side, sometimes I was procrastinating on things that I knew to do. So I've learned to stick with. What do I know to do today? And that becomes the plan for the day. And then we wake up like a kid on Christmas morning, excited for the day because this is the day that the Lord has made. And we remember this very important principle that the first thing out of our mouth every morning sets the tone for the whole day. As I began to learn about this, I began to seek God. What's the best thing for us to say? I felt like he was taking me back to Genesis chapter one, the very first words we see God speak. Let there be light. So now I start my days that way. Very first thing in the morning when I wake up, the very first words out of my mouth, let there be light. And it's amazing how just such a simple little thing brings a different energy into the day. Then we get connected with him. We start praising and magnifying him, connecting with him through his word. And we start walking out that plan in full confidence in him. He's right there with us every step of the way. And when we get to that place of confident faith, his grace begins to surge through us. He begins to go to work. He begins to beautify our lives, to bring things into our life that we can never make happen on our own. And beauty is attractive and magnetic and begins to pull more and more of everything God has for us into our life. Let's take a look at these scriptures today, talking about satisfaction. This is the verse I was meditating on last night. It's coming from Isaiah 53, verses 10 through 11. It says, yet it was the Lord's will to crush him, talking about Jesus, and to cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days. And the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. That satisfaction is in the light. That satisfaction is in him. And by his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many and he will bear their iniquities. And then Psalm 107 verse 9 says, For God satisfies the longing soul and the hungry soul he fills with good things. Proverbs 19.23, it says, the fear of the Lord leads to life, and whoever has it rests satisfied. But we know that Jesus is the life. He came to give us abundant life. There's satisfaction in him. We can rest in that satisfaction that's him, in him. The fear of the Lord leads to life, and whoever has it rests satisfied, and he will not be visited by harm. And so, Heavenly Father, we're asking for your help today for wisdom and understanding and revelation or whatever it is you're trying to show us here about satisfied, satisfaction, the satisfaction that's found in Christ. What he suffered and how that led to us being able to be satisfied. And we're asking for your help to walk in this, to walk in him, this place of satisfaction that's found in him. We're asking for your help to walk in this in increasing levels from this point on in our life. And we thank you that on the night Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Just take a moment to remember. God sent us his one and only son. And it was the Lord's will. We see these verses here to crush him, to cause him to suffer. 
It was God's will to crush him, to destroy him. He became a curse for us. He became sin for us. So we could be connected back to God. We could have the satisfaction that's found in him. But then he's raised back to life. He's victorious over death. He's raised up and seated in heavenly places with God. And that same victorious power, that same victorious spirit that raised him from the dead, raises us up, makes us new creations, and it seats us with him in heavenly places, makes us one with him. All through his one sacrifice, he connects us back to God, makes us right and holy and perfect in God's sight. So, Father, we thank you for this bread and ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. If you have your bread, you can take your bread. Then after supper, Jesus took the cup. He said, this is the cup of the new covenant. In my blood, poured out for the forgiveness of sins for many. It's the forgiveness of sins that releases us from darkness and transfers us into the light. And in that life, that's where that satisfaction is. His blood cleanses us, makes atonement for us. His blood gives us this new covenant. This blood sworn oath that God is with us and for us. He's working for our good. He's fighting for us. So, Father, we thank you for this cup. And ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. If you have a juice, you can take a juice. <clears throat> All right. Health and fitness stuff. A lot of times people ask, what do I need to do to lose weight? What do I need to do to lose weight? People make it overly complicated, but to make it very simple, eat consistently balanced meals. You don't need to cut out a bunch of food groups. Eat consistently balanced meals. But then you got to cut out all the unplanned stuff. Often it's just a little bits of extra, a little extra bites, a little extra snacking that adds up a whole lot more than we think. If you just tighten it up, get a consistent meal template, a consistent rhythm with your nutrition, and just cut out the unplanned stuff. Keep it tightened up a little bit more. That's all you need to do. For the most part, that's all you need to do for most people. But I hope this has been helpful for you today. If you'd like to learn more about partnering with us in the Abundant Life Blueprint, you can go to the Abundant Life Training Center.com.